Welcome to Two Broke Not to Trade. This is Russell. And this is Daniel. And we're here for episode number four. Woo! Four! Do you ever think we'd get to four? <laughs> yeah, I wish it would be a little bit better, though. <laughs> I guess if we've shown up today, that means we haven't lost all of our money yet. Yeah. It feels like it, though. <laughs> feels like it, though. Uh, so, we want to... Uh, we've been trying to figure out how to stay motivated when you're not making any money. So... Uh, on that, let's update them on our week. So, how are you feeling this week? Um, my week, I was optimistic Tuesday because I thought it hit its low. Because the week before, it hit 12 and it jumped up to like 13. So, I thought maybe it was going to take off this week and go up to 14, 15, 16. You're thinking, are you talking ships? Yeah, I'm talking ships. And... It didn't do that. <laughs> I went back down to 12 and now I'm down $209. Just in that one stock? Yeah, just in that one stock. Okay. And it's been... I learned some new hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> to distract your mind from the stock market? Do something else? <laughs> yeah, I learned, learned how to play some new songs on my guitar and stuff. And then... Start trying to get more healthy because watching it was just making me stress out. Stress out or making me feel um, like I didn't know what I was doing or I was dumb or whatever. <laughs> and so I'm just watching it. And then Top Ships decides to drop even more just because it can. It seems that Tops and Ships kind of do the same thing at the same time. Well, they're kind of the same company. They're both shipping companies. Yeah. So they, they're probably going to mirror each other. Yeah, and so are we going to be getting to hear any uh, new uh, like stock market blues songs you've written or anything like that? <laughs> I lost everything. Oh, but but I'm optimistic for next week because I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Can't got no other choice, right? Yeah, uh, and I don't think it's going to go any lower because like uh, like ten ten cents is probably as low as it's going to go, and. I'm at 14 cents, 14 six right now, and I'm really hoping it jumps up this week because the dry bulking index is going up, oil's going up, everything is kind of going up. So it looks like maybe yeah, and things like I said every week, every the, the country's opened up a little bit more mm -hmm. and a little bit more, and, uh, and so we're going to use those natural resources. Yeah, and once once airlines open up, it's gonna cause yeah. a big uptick in our yeah. stocks yeah especially just on the positive emotion of it the stocks will probably go up at that point so be we'll definitely need to pay attention um, when any, whenever any good okay. news comes out but mostly this week because i would check it in the morning i don't know if you do this so i check in the morning see it didn't move and i wouldn't look at it again until like three o'clock you're like if it didn't move in pre-market <clears throat> it's probably not going to move today. Yeah, and That's where you get all your volatility. I, I really don't understand why in pre-market. Everything, everything kind of moves on pre-market. Like if pre-market goes up, it's going to go up mostly the rest of the day. Yeah. If it goes down in pre-market, what happens? It's going to go down and you're going to hate yourself being in the stock when <laughs> it's going down. Yeah, and, so, so is that the only two stocks you're in right now? Yeah, ships and top ships. I really wish, I really wish I was in uh, Zoom right now. Because yeah. Zoom, 
Zoom, my favorite stock because I, that's the one I made the most money on that are offering and dropped to almost $14, $13. I mean, not four, $0.14 cents to $0.13. Cents. Yeah, so it was trading around 2021. And got an uh, offering. Yeah, I just kind of saw that there was an offering and went and checked it and saw that it was, I think at that time, uh, let's see, what did I get in at? I, yeah, I got in at thirteen seven. So, however, since most of my money was bag holding, I didn't have much. I only had like I had less than a hundred dollars to put into it. So, so even though I got an amazing uh, average, amazing discount, I was only able to buy a few hundred shares. And what's not act like being in ships or top ships is a bad thing right now because we're at like fourteen cents. And yeah, we're at we're at normally our low. I mean, we're we're in where we usually get in to make money. And it's not it, it just fell two cents and we're <laughs> overreacting. Yeah, yeah it's because they've done these offerings and multiple offerings, and so it's going to take a while for that dilution of the stock to to kind of find its way back up. Because right now, if I if top ships or ships was this low, and I had all the money I did at the beginning. I'd be investing in them right now. So it's not right. like they're a bad company or they're not going to go up. It's just, it sucks seeing your money go down. Yeah. And we've talked about the opportunity cost in the past. It's, it, not, it sucks watching money go down, but it also walk, sucks watching your money be tied up while something else you would normally invest in is moving and you, don't, you can't get, in, get on board. And I probably wouldn't have this big of an emotional... Um, connection to it if I didn't have 10,000 shares of it. Yeah, so okay. dropping a couple pennies is is a big deal. Yeah, dropping That's a couple hundred bucks. Well, well dro dropping a couple pennies when I had like, I can only buy like a thousand shares, it, it dropped two yeah. pennies that was only like 20 bucks. Right. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> but now it drops two pennies and I lose almost, lose 200 bucks. Right. So, and we, I think we mentioned our last episode about just the psychology of everything, and you know, it's it's great having ten thousand shares when it's going up because man, the high you get off of a penny giving you a hundred bucks is amazing. Mm -hmm. But you also have to know your tolerance level of watching it go drop down, and when it when you look and you've lost a hundred bucks and two hundred bucks, are you going to do what you know, what what uh, uh, Warren Buffett says, this, "If are you going to be are you going to be stupid when the stock goes down?" You know, he says it, you shouldn't hold any stock if you're going to do stupid things when it goes down, right? Yeah. And that's that really is a challenge um, not to sell when you're down because you're like, "How far is this going to go down?" I'm already down two hundred. And we're and what's even more crazy is like, I don't know if you, if you have this feeling when it go when it starts going down. You kind of get like a flight or fight kind of feeling yeah. for, for something on a screen that you can't really do anything about with fight, yeah. flight or fight. And, and yeah, you want to, you feel like you should do something right now, quick, quick, but there's nothing to do. Yeah. You, you can't stop it. You know, you, you've already made a contract with yourself that you're not going to lose money and sell. Now, if this was like you said a couple weeks ago when you got into 
JCPenney and you didn't know anything about it and it wasn't it was a pure gamble you know it kind of made sense to, when it started dropping to get out but this is in a stock you kind of understand you know it's coming back right so it's just what we're losing is the opportunity to put cool things on our Instagram about how much money we made this week and yeah. and talk about it in our podcast you know when, when you're doing when you're doing a podcast a week and you're still down from the last conversation, the one before that, you've been bag, hole, bag holding, you want you want something positive to say, right? And you okay. you know, if people have been following our Instagram, they've probably noticed that we were posting daily and then the last few days we've been like AWOL a little bit. Because okay. it's like, what do we do? What, what do we say? It's nothing's really changed. It's just down and uh, and our little one minute updates pretty much sound the same as yesterday's one minute update right yeah <laughs> so um, so I'm, I'm also still bag holding in ships and tops um, and I also had Houston USA USA and they're all trending down little by you little need, you need to get out of Houston America well I'm looking at it. I mean if I got out right now I'd only be I'd only lose $26 and that would free up a few hundred dollars to like jump into Zoom, okay. which I almost did when Zoom was 13 something. I almost sold it and took that $20 loss. And, and honestly, I would have made back that $20 and more that day, but I didn't. And now it's like Zoom, even though Zoom's still on sale, it's at almost like 16.58 now. And it's hard to buy more of it, three cents higher than I just got the last. Um, I, I don't have a problem averaging down. I have a harder problem psych psychologically averaging up of buying more at a higher cost than I bought it before. Even when I know it's probably going to go to 20 or 30, I still have a hard time talking myself into buying it at 16 when I got it for 13 before. Yeah, I don't have that problem. You don't have that problem. If it's going up, you're going to jump in. And so that's just a hang-up I have, and I don't, I don't really understand it. I've just got to get over it. And I think I'll get over it once I force myself to do it once and it turns out okay, then I'll be like, oh yeah, this is a good strategy. Because I've actually heard that that's, averaging up is really the professional strategy. Averaging down is sometimes a sucker strategy. Putting more money in a company that's going, that's not doing well as its stock goes down isn't really smart, but, but getting into a company as it's rising up and averaging up as, as it's in a good company um, I guess makes sense. It's just nice, especially when we're kind of competing against each other it's, and we have the same stock. It's, I like being able to say, you, you know, you tell me, my average is 14.2. I love being able to say, well, my average is 14.18. You know, <laughs> I beat you by that much, you know. So to average up means my, that I, I'm, my average would go up and I wouldn't be able to break. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, I had, um, I think I started this week with, uh, $96 left in my account cash that I could use to average down with and I did average down a little bit by I think I just bought a couple hundred more shares of <coughs> of uh, top ship when it did a big dip it dipped in low 12s just for a few minutes and I was able to buy two or three hundred shares um, but that only left me like $60, I think, to get into Zoom. So I was only able to buy three or 400 shares of Zoom. And it instantly, I, I mean, within an hour, I was up 26%, you know, and wishing I had several thousand instead of a few hundred. Yeah, I really, when Zoom went down, I was thinking to myself, 
Should I, should I sell? <laughs> should I take a $200 loss and jump in the Zoom? That's tough. And like, I was really thinking about it. I don't know if it would be smart, but I was really thinking about it. And I, I don't know, I don't know if I would have made my money back, but I might've made it close, came back close. Yeah, cause you were down 30% in ships and Zoom went up 26%. And then it kind of settled at 15%. But, I mean, if you had timed it right, of course, you would have probably earned back the $200 you'd lost um, and kind of been flat even, which would have gave you some breathing room. You wouldn't have really made any money overall. Yeah. But can't do nothing about it now. And you never know. You might have sold all that, bought Zoom, and then Zoom crashed. So then you'd even lost more. So... That, that's the stock market, right? We make the best educated decision we can and we live with the results and we move forward. We try to put as much uh, boundaries on it so we don't lose everything, Yeah. right? And, and at the same time, I keep on saying like it was a stressful week. It really wasn't. This is probably the least stressful week I've ever had. It wasn't doing anything. Because it wasn't doing anything. I could have just, I, I looked at it in the morning, looked at it at three o'clock and then looked at it at like mm -hmm. seven. Before closing, before, before after our closing, after our closing, and I wasn't doing anything, so I, it was more boring and just doing other things than actual actually watching the stock market like I usually do. Because like usually I just sit there and watch it over and over out through the day because usually things are moving up and down, up and down. But this week it just seemed like it was just trading sideways or going down a little bit more. And then making a little bit of recovery. I wasn't really doing much at all this week. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't even set any sell limits this week because they were so far down that I, did, I knew they, I wasn't going to get any 20% jumps in any of those because mm -hmm. um, they were already down 15, 20, 30%. So to, to, to be where they, I need to sell them and make a profit, they need to go up 40, 50%. I knew that was going to happen. So. I just kind of I had I checked at least once an hour to kind of see where they were, um, and that's where I caught Zoom. It was on my watch list, and I always just kind of I look at the stocks I'm in that I kind of you know scroll down to my watch list, and I have my watch list in order of price, the lowest one to highest. Yeah, so do I. And uh, so as soon as I scroll down, Zoom was was I could see that it was a lot lower. It was. It's like third or fourth on my watch list, and next thing I know, it was lower than the first three. So I knew something had happened, checked it, saw that they did an offering, and I was like, bam, I'm in uh, with whatever I had left. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of cool. I, I didn't sell it at the 26, so I didn't make 26% because I'm still holding it. Um, so right now, it looks like, uh, yeah, I bought it at 13.7 and it's sitting at 16.54. I'm a, I'm up twenty point seven three percent still on yeah. that, but like I said, it's just a few hundred shares, so it's not going to change my life. Yeah. <laughs> but but if it dips down again and one of those other jumps up, 
especially Houston USA. If it if Houston USA would just come up uh, one penny, I would probably jump out and go all in on Zoom right now because I think Zoom will probably go back to go, 23. It'll definitely go over at 20 and probably 25 to 30. Um, I don't know how soon, but I don't see any reason why it won't continue to climb back to its normal levels. Yeah. I wish I wish I could give him Zoom. It's my favorite stock because it always makes me money. Like, yeah. And but okay, so. And then, but I was looking at stock masters a few minutes ago. Well, let's start with this. So, what do you think is going to happen for next week? Um, you know, I don't know. I was kind of hoping we would just be another week of good news on the coronavirus. Good news on the economy. Good news on retail opening up and there would just be a general vibe of good news, of good feeling that would come over the market and things would just start coming up. And like I said, you know, with uh, oil prices and stuff, I was really hoping for some kind of boost so we could, at least these tanker stocks, we could get out of and, and do something else. Um, but now I'm a little worried just from, um, you know, we're kind of going through that period of time uh, where there's rioting and things and more fears kind of in the culture at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's certain cities doing curfews, so um, I'm not sure what that's going to do for travel and people going out and purchasing or going out to eat. Or Well, this might be a good time to get in a tough build. Yeah, you know, I really thought about that and, you know, I've got I don't know if I've said on our podcast, but you know I'm the I'm the Robinhood guy. But both of us have both accounts. You've got a Robinhood account. I have a Webull account. It's just not our main account. Your main account's Webull. My main account's Robinhood. But I don't, I don't have any money in Robinhood. You don't have. I've got a hundred and I had 175 dollars in Webull just sitting there, and <laughs> and so I saw that Tough Belt was down to a dollar eleven, which pre-split would have meant like eleven cents. Where our buy-in at pre-split was 14 and right to 17 to 21, we did that multiple times. Yeah. So I was like, oh, a dollar 11 would be like buying it the old days back 11 percent, 11 cents. That's a steal. I've just got this money sitting over here in Weeble. I'll just buy a bunch of, I'll buy however many shares of Tough Build I can, dollar 11, and write it back up to its dollar 40. And you know why not? And uh, yeah. And so they did an offering, like I'm tired of offerings. I don't yeah, know. they did an offering, like oh my goodness, hours after I bought I in. I don't. I feel like every company's doing an offering. Yeah, and, which is kind of crazy to me because they just did their reverse stock split, reverse so split. that so that they could be over a dollar to mm -hmm. not get delisted or whatever, and then they do an offering that drops their price back under a dollar. It just yeah, what, what was the point of doing a reverse split if they were just going to do an offering of below a dollar? Yeah, so I know they're raising money for stuff, and they're, there's good news coming out on Tough Bill all the times. Those small contracts are getting with different places, and it's always good, but it doesn't seem to rise on good news. I mean, it really needs, it has to have several good news articles before it tends to rise. Uh, actually, I don't know why it rises. Tough Bill's one of those that when it rises, it's just out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It just takes off for a little while. But it's, it's such, for everything I've read, it's probably the most studied stock I have. You know, it's from the, when we first started, I was 
following along and reading the articles from the company and you know, reading about the CEO and all that stuff. And it just seems like it's going to be a great company one day. It's a smaller company now, but I can just see this thing either being bought by another big company or it just becoming a great company. Um, a lot of construction people are using their tools and swear by them. And then we were thinking, you know, we're coming into construction season. You know, obviously it's going to take off and then COVID happened and then, you know, people left their businesses to work at home. So, you know, there's no reason to build office buildings and all this stuff right now. Um, and now they did this offering. So now, it, so right after I bought it at $1.11, it dropped to 88 cents. It, it dropped to 86 or something like that. And now it's sitting at 88. So I'm down 25% the day after I bought it. Now we're talking, you know, a total of 150 bucks here. So, so it's not crazy, but it's just, it, it just makes you shake your head. Mm -hmm. um, but my thought is, and I don't know, if, you know, if it's going to prove to be true or not. Um, but I heard one article said, you know, probably 30% of the people working from home right now probably won't ever go back to an office. You know, once companies have realized that, hey, no overhead, we didn't lose any productivity, um, why bring them back to an office building where we got to pay utilities and, and insurance and all this stuff when we can just out outfit people in their homes and save money and have smaller buildings and save on leases and rents. And so with tying that to tough built, I'm thinking there's still going to be construction. I just, I'm wondering if there's going to be more of a move to home uh, remodeling and those kind of constructions. I can see a big boost of home offices being built well, uh, and that being a big thing in the future. I was mostly talking about like, um, Tough blood going up because of all the riots happening and buildings being burned. Oh, yeah, I see your connection there. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of a sad reality. Yeah, there's going to, somebody's going to have to pay to get that stuff fixed, and those companies are going to buy tools and buy supplies. And because, like, everything's being affected by the yeah. riots. And it's mostly big cities, so big cities will repair their stuff. Yeah. So, so could be. I don't know. I, the construction boom. There might be kind of a construction boom off of positive things and negative things that could help with tough built. But um, what what else do I have? I haven't. I got all the way out of J.C. Penney, so I, I'm just kind of watching it now. It's just kind of a fun to watch and pay attention to. It's kind of like Ford. <laughs> yeah, I watch Ford. Hey, Ford went back up over six bucks, so at least it's out of the tank and. I saw an article today that they're bringing back the Mach 1 Mustang. Really? Yeah. So, hey. Hey. They're bringing back the Broncos. I wish they'd bring back my 71 Mach 1 that I sold and wish I'd never sold. 351 Cleveland, 4 Bolton, Maine. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. We know that you have multiple cars that you wish you didn't sell. <laughs> wish I had my 69 Roadrunner, too. Ah. Why didn't you get a Trans Am? Why didn't why'd you, why'd you, why'd that happen? I like the look of the Trans Am, but honestly, they just weren't that quick. The, the, the good-looking Trans Ams that you're thinking of, Smoking the Bandit, all that, they came out more in the mid to late 70s. I mean, they're 73, 74, so, and they just had a lot more small restrictions and stuff, so they just didn't put out the horsepower of the earlier cars, the, the muscle cars of the you know, 67 to 73. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
Plus, I don't know, I was just, back in the day, I was more of a Ford guy, so. Um, I did have a friend that had a 77, I think it was, Trans Am, T-Tops, whole nine yard. It was blue with the bird on the hood instead of the black and gold like you like. But I'd have to say, that's I think, the, that's, think the only, a, that's the only Trans Am. All the other <laughs> ones are not. I think it had a 401 in it or something like that. And uh, it was it was fun to drive. I, I could lay a couple stripes of rubber in it just fine. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of fun. I took my mom in a ride with it. She sat in the back and she closed her eyes the whole time. So, <laughs> so it was kind of fun. But I've had a lot of fun cars, but hopefully maybe in the future. But like I said, this is uh, Too Broke Not to Trade In. It's our father-son project now because we can't afford to have a father-son project in the garage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what I think is going to happen... Were you done with you? Yeah, go ahead. So I was reading um, Stockmasters, the, the app we use. You guys should probably download it. It's a pretty good app. And I was looking at the futures, and I looked up um, ships and top ships on it, and it looks like it's oversold, which is a good sign that yeah. if it's oversold, it means that it's going to be bought more because everybody's just freaking out and selling because of the offerings and they keep going down. So there's a chance for next week, I'm praying, I'm hoping <laughs> that it will go up and have a boost to like 16, 17. I'd really love it, you know, my dream. My dream one day, this is my dream, to wake up and it'd be at like a 30 cents. It's probably not going to happen soon, but it'd be great if that would happen. And I'd make so much money from that. I make I make fifteen almost I make almost fifteen hundred from that if it went up to thirty cents. Yeah, shoot. Anything we're holding right now would go to thirty percent thirty cents, I'd be really happy. But um, that's what I think. Um top ships um is oversold too too. And like all the comments from Weeble and everything is saying that it's gonna go up and because it, everybody thinks that the 12 cents is where it's, it hits bottom. They don't think it's going to go any lower than 12 cents. And I, I feel the same way. I, I would love to have money to put in right now at 12 cents. Mm -hmm. you know, and I've been really contemplating whether... My, my, what I wanted to do with Robinhood is, you know, I've only got $200 in there and everything else has been made off of trading. I really wanted to keep it like that mm -hmm. and just grow it now through trading. But... Um, I've been really kind of going back and forth. Is there a way for me to um, build some regular money into my budget so each payday I can put a little bit more in there so I have more money to buy when these dips come in? Yeah. Um, and so it'd probably be smart to do that if we can grow it. Um, it's just uh, seeing what we can do because by the time you pay your bills, you fund other things and. Um, then you know you you do want some kind of emergency fund and other savings, other because I don't want to have to pull money out of this for you know a flat tire or refrigerator going out or something like that. So what is it, what what is your what are you doing to make that not happen? Well, right now what we're doing we're putting money in a savings account and um, um, regularly and building that up and. Um, so far, this has just kind of been off the radar. We treat, don't treat it like 
it's available money. Um, I think you've referred to it as like our modern our our modern day video game. Mm-hmm. You know, just just in your mind, consider it video game money, and it's not available to go eat out or buy a trinket with or go on a trip with. You know, it's yeah. just just act like it doesn't exist. Uh, but also want to grow it so it won't be a lot but I think I'm gonna start putting a little bit in each payday just to have opportunities to buy when some of these stocks uh, quote-unquote go on sale mm-hmm. yep. and like what, I, what I've been doing to make sure I don't pull out um, pull out my money is I've been mostly like I said trading like a video game trading <laughs> trading it in like it's not real money, and the money I've put in there is not my money anymore. It's like I lost it. So if I lose it all, it doesn't affect me because I already lost it. I already knew that was a possibility, so I don't have much emotional attachment to it. You don't have any responsibilities tied to this money. Yeah, and so I've been also putting, trying to save and put 150 bucks each month. I'm thinking about raising it once my car gets paid off. And that's what I'm really working towards is getting my car paid off. I would put more money into it if I had my car paid off. I'd be able to put $300 in each week to grow it if I was able yeah, but I thought the Not Ameri- each week, but each I, I thought month. the American way was as soon as you get paid off, you go get back in debt again and buy another one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Really, and then you try to get a year or two out of something while it's paid off before you do that. Yeah, if I'm going, if I'm going to get back into debt, it's going to be for a Jeep, and it's probably not going to be a lot of debt. It's probably going to be like like four thousand in debt or like five thousand in debt. You'll trade in, put some cash down, and try to get that payment really low so it doesn't doesn't put the stress of taxing out your income. Yeah, yeah because it, it's it's nice to have a car that's on. The payment is 170 bucks a month, because like when you had your Camaro, it was like 500 dollars a month payment, and I'm like, that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how anybody deals with those kind of payments. It's 585 plus full coverage insurance. Yeah, it's it's another house payment. Yeah, and just to have a nice car, and it's nice to be able to get it and go cross country, do whatever you need, and never have to give it another thought. You know, for years. Anytime we wanted to go on vacation or whatever, we had, we never really ended up money to rent something. And so we were always either partnering with another family so we could ride together, or we'd chance it with what we had and end up, you know, replacing something on the side of the road at some point. Or we would have to borrow somebody's car and then have the stress of returning it undamaged. Yeah. Um, so it is nice when you have something that's yours and you can just get in and go, but. My goodness, it'd be a lot cheaper to just rent something once a year for a couple of weeks than to make those payments month after month after month after month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I think you're being smart. So who's the biggest loser this week? Well, my according to my Robinhood app, my one week performance is a negative. which is 5.32%. Mine, I was at 1,700, and now I'm down to 14.89. 
which sucks, and the percentage is I'm down 16%. So 16% over the last week. And it hurts. And that hurts. So, so, I mean, as far as our little competition's going, I've won three weeks in a row now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks, because before this, before we started the podcast, I was winning. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason you want to do the podcast, because you wanted to brag about how you're beating me every week, and then you haven't won one since. <laughs> um, but kind of like we did last week, you know, we, neither one of us made money, so it's not really fair to punish you. Um, so we, as soon as I make money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just uh, having you let the world know that your dad's doing a better job than you is, that's all I need. And uh, I'll take it. Yeah, um, I'm sure you will. <laughs> but, you know, we, uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked about how we think we're losing money and it's all sad. But then we, in big perspective, when you think that the average investor's goal is to make 10 to 12% a year, you know, when I look at my one month right now, even with, I've, I've been down now two and a half weeks, but my still one month performance right now is, 10, is positive 10.36%. So, you know, I've already, I've made, I'm still made 10% this month, even though I've been down two and a half weeks. Yeah, my, my, like my three month thing is I'm up two hundred and thirty seven percent. So Yeah. And see my three month thing is I'm up hundred and twenty nine percent. So that's pretty good. That's a quarter. Two hundred percent for you, hundred percent for me, and that's even with not doing well for two and a half, the last two and a half weeks. Yeah. And uh, this is this is weird territory because before we started the podcast we were winning every week, maybe two times a week. Yeah, for the year, year to date right now, from January 1st to now, I'm up 450.51%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I can't be, can't be too mad. We kind of get down. We just got so used to um, making a little bit of money every week that now we're just like, what's going on? Yeah. What is this? What is this? Is this a brand? Is this... And just as we started a podcast to start telling people about it, it all falls apart. <laughs> um, so, so are you still excited about this? Yeah, I love this. Was, I love, I I love doing the stock market. It just, it's just a great hobby to do for me. Yeah, you get in any conversations with anybody about this week? Or, I know you don't really work with very many coworkers. You guys work by yourselves but you have any opportunity to talk to talk with anybody or, or not anybody? really because I because I work overnight and so I usually just clean I don't really get to talk to anybody yeah and since I've been working from home I'm not really out there either um, but uh, I've been trying to be really active on we haven't posted much on our Instagram but I've been trying to be really active on um, engaging with other people I try to follow as many other traders, swing traders, day traders, small accounts that I can and try to encourage, like the stuff they put up because, you know, I really enjoy when somebody, when I find that somebody liked something we put out and get really excited when I see that they commented or asked a question or, you know, gave us a high five in some way or said that's great content. And so I want to be able to be like that for other people. Yeah. And so I love the, the little bit of community already going, started some um, 
direct message conversations with a few people in there. And uh, it, it's just, it's a neat little community. Everybody's just doing the best they can. It's, uh, it's fun to see people post screenshots of their, their $300 account going to 318. You know, and how exciting that is. And it is, like we talked about in our first episode, that first $12 that I made, yeah, I was going around telling everybody, mm. I'm a stock market trader. <laughs> yeah. I made 12 bucks. It was fun. And uh, it just gets more and more fun as you can grow it and it gets bigger. It's yeah. funny, before I would use up a day trade to make eight bucks. And now I can be up 150 bucks. I'm like, no, I'll wait. I'll hold. You know, it's just how we kind of grow a little bit. We get more patient. Um, and stuff so and like yeah. you've got really patient with selling in the beginning you sold everything for a loss because you're like it's crashing I'm out yeah <laughs> and the biggest thing I've learned is that like this week has felt really 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 long because it's been so like side, trading sideways and stuff and which is really different because usually when everything's going good and everything, we're making money, it feels like it's going by fast. But when you realize the stock market makes, when you're losing money, makes, feel, makes everything seem longer. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't understand why, but it seems like everything is long. Like if you think about in three, in like you said you've been in this for like three Mondays, right? Yeah, the last time I actually sold and made some money was, uh, well, this is a Sunday. We're recording this, so tomorrow will be three Mondays. So three weeks since I've actually collected profits on anything. And what's, what's going to be crazy is like if this week it jumps up and we make money, we're going to be like three three weeks wasn't that actually that long. Yeah, it's like yeah, we still made three or four hundred dollars this month, uh, even though two and a half weeks of it was just really boring. Because I know if ships goes like the twentieth cents, I made like five hundred bucks. Yeah. And I'm going to be, that's what I made last month. Now, let me ask you this. Are you going to be able to hold till it goes up to that? Or once it crosses, you're up one or two. Since you've been holding so long, are you going to feel tempted to just, I'm getting out, I'm getting out, before it goes back down? It depends. <laughs> it, de it depends if it's a... If there's a reason for it. Because I've, I've noticed if something goes up really, really quick... It comes it's down. Come really down. It comes down really, really quick. If something goes up like in steps, it's going up all day. But yeah. if it if it's just a spike and then that spike's coming down. Yeah. You sell as soon as that spike happens. Yeah. I haven't really used them, but and it's a little tougher on penny stocks to use them. But you know, sometimes we talk about the trailing stop loss. You know, which is kind of cool because it. As something's going up, you can set a trailing stop loss of like 5%, 10% or whatever. And as it's going up, if it does stop going up and comes down, once it comes down, wherever you set 5 or 10%, you'll automatically sell, put a sell order in at that point. So it sells before it goes all the way down. Now, sometimes that can bite you because it may have just been a temporary dip before it takes off again, then yeah. you miss that second. But if you're not able to watch, if you're like working and, or, do, or somewhere where you're going where there's bad signal or whatever, you know, those are things you can use to protect yourself um, as a kind of a safety net. And so it's, it's good to know the tools that are available to you, the options. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think about uh, Disney World opening up? 
They're talking about, oh. they, I guess they're going to open July 11th. Which I thought was weird because they said they were going to be closed for like till next year. I remember that with news coming out when the pandemic came out. Yeah. So, okay. It started, started from the beginning. This is like, I'm going to be shut down for a whole year. Yeah. And now it's going to open in, you said July? July 11th is their targeted opening date. And I'm just thinking... They're going to have to wear masks, and of course they're going to have to, you know, the lines are going to look a lot different because they can't have them standing next to each other, and you know, only, you know, have to have an open seat in between each person on any ride, and so it's going to be a lot different. The, the how they're doing food's going to be completely different, but I'm just, you know, I I haven't worn a mask much. Um, I if I do go to the office for whatever reason. I have to wear a mask there. Um, I have worn a mask once at Walmart and I took it off halfway through just, I wasn't around anybody and nobody else was wearing them. It was, but I just wanted to try it. And I was surprised about how hot you get. And if you wear glasses, your glasses fog up. And, and so at a trip to Walmart, it's uncomfortable. I can't imagine walking around Disney World in the Florida heat and humidity for eight hours, all masked up. And so I'm a little weary about how that's all going to happen. I'm, I'm happy that it's another option and, and it's going to be great for the people that can do it. Um, but uh, I don't think I'll be scheduling a trip anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. And then, and also um, Tesla, SpaceX. Cool. Yeah. So as we're recording that, this this is the weekend that that uh, SpaceX partnered with NASA and they launched the Dragon and uh, successfully docked at the space station. And uh, man, no telling what that's going to affect as far as the stock market and some yeah. automation yeah. businesses. Yeah, especially since Tesla Tesla's already like eight hundred bucks. I wonder how much it's going to. Yeah, that's got to be. That's got to be a big boost for for Elon Musk and, and his then, companies. And then he'll come out and say it's overpriced. Yeah, then yeah. Just as going up, Elon will text something dumb and hurt his own stock price. But I don't know why he did that. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, there sometimes there's just not a good sense around things. People just do dumb things. Uh, but yeah the let me see what this Mustang's supposed to come out of. I, I might have to. Where are the, where are the I, I might have to pull my money out of my my Robinhood app for a Mustang. <laughs> no. Uh, Mach one. Let's see. Uh, return of the vehicle for the 2021 model year with a five liter V8 engine. V8. Uh, so there's not going to be any um, V6s or anything like that. It doesn't say so. Well, that's good because then it's not a Mustang. <laughs> If it's a V6. It's definitely not a Mach 1 with a V6, that's for sure. Uh, so, 400, let's see. The 2021 Mustang Mach 1 is expected to offer better performance than the current Mustang GT at 460 horsepower, um, but be more attainable than Mustang Shelby GT models, which are high-performance and track-focused cars that start at more than $60,000. Wasn't there, when was their Ford Broncos supposed to come out? You know, that was big news, and now I haven't heard anything. 
I don't know what's going on with the Bronco, but I heard that they had tons of interest and it was going to save the company and all this stuff. Um, they may be waiting to get past the COVID stuff to you know launch that. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I, because that was a big thing. Everybody thought it was going to save the company. I thought they looked sharp, but um, it's going to be a long time, if ever, I buy a brand new car again. So I'll have to wait for somebody else to buy it, use use up the first forty thousand miles, and then maybe I can pick one up. Um, if they end up looking halfway decent. That's the hard part when they try to replicate old muscle cars. Sometimes they get close and sometimes it doesn't look anything like it. So, yeah. But I know you're waiting for the new Trans Am to come out. <laughs> when are they coming out with the Bandit car? I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're ever going to do that. <laughs> You'd rather find one of the old ones fixed up in the so. Well, they... <laughs> I'd rather fix one up, yeah. Yeah. So, what do you... So, talking about, like, the Mustang and stuff, worry about car companies and how they're going to do. They've lost a lot of money. Uh, I read one article that said the, the COVID has kind of set back um, automated cars and that kind of stuff because... Just nobody wants to sink money into it while nothing's being sold. Um, but then the SpaceX thing, you know, that's one of the cool things that Tesla's or that Elon Musk has brought to this is the, the automation part of all this stuff where um, things dock automatically and land automatically and all this stuff. And that's the stuff, usually the stuff done in NASA ends up being in everyday life somewhere else. So that stuff is being developed. I'm sure we're going to find that technology in our cars and in a lot of things that we use soon. And so I think while we might not be able to invest in Tesla because you don't have $800, you know, it is definitely a good time to be looking at the smaller companies in those sectors that the success that SpaceX had, this successful docking and launching, will have on these smaller yeah. companies that provide a lot of the parts and pieces and stuff to make that happen. And so, be a good time to research those, get a few of those on your watch list. Yeah, which which I'm wondering what's going to happen to space. Yeah, from Virgin, uh, Virgin Galactic. Galactic yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure it's definitely going to ride the wave. It's a little bit different. They're not working with NASA, as far as I know. And they're talking about you know the, the a personal rocket for a private citizen to go to space that they want to create. But the technology that's it's similar technology, mm -hmm. and this big launch with NASA and and uh, SpaceX has definitely shown that it can work, and I'm sure that's going to help Galactic um, and everything to progress faster as well and yeah. go from proof of concept to actual prototype that people can start investing in. Because I remember when we first, when I had the Rob, Robin Hood app, we'd watch, watch space and it, it was I crazy. We, I think we bought into it a few times when it was yeah, $15 or something and yeah, sold I 15 some, I made some money and it went all, all the way up to $40, $40. Yep. made a few dollars. And like, I, I wonder with this, with space, um, it might capture the imagination of people and want to invest yeah, in stuff like this. Yeah, I think this has been, I think this was 11 years.
since we last time we went you know said went to space like that and so yeah it's kind of a new era you kind of get excited about it again um, I haven't heard the numbers of how many people watch but pretty much everybody I knew of was planning on watching it live um, on you know Facebook live and stuff like that on the weekend and so I think it has captured a lot now <laughs> I saw one I don't know who it was but somebody tweeted um, congratulations to the astronauts that just left Earth good choice <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the things going on on Earth right now maybe it was a good choice to get get out of here um, and uh, whoever it was I can't remember but they said that they've never had anywhere near as much interest in anything they've ever tweeted but that tweet has already had like 2.7 million views and been shared like half a million times and stuff it's just yeah uh, yeah I think it kind of captured how the world's feeling right now yeah and if there was another place to go right now other than earth you know I'm sure that some people would be getting in line right now and, and Disney uh, back to Disney Disney might go up too because um, basketball sports are starting to come back and they're and ESPN mm -hmm. is under their umbrella yeah so did you ever find out any more about how ESPN Sports Complex, what that was about, and, and the NBA playing there or something like that? I don't think Have you heard anymore. They're not going to play in there. They're, they're probably going to... What, what they're talking about is probably going to L.A. and just having everybody fly there, having like a, a bubble kind of thing. <laughs> a dome. A dome. <laughs> And just have the have the um, players stay in hotels, and they just play the playoffs. That's that's just a play. wow. It's a whole there's different not, season structure. Yeah, there's not really much information about it, but that's what they're thinking about. With they the, even they even thought about getting rid of the West and East and just having the best sixteen teams wow. play each other. So like it's it's totally different. There's not a, it's not even going to be the same structure as playoffs. So, you think these will be permanent changes or just temporary? I think I think they're trying because everybody's going to look at this season. If anybody is the champion, there's going to be an asterisk put with yeah, it. Yeah, kind of like a strike year or something like that. Yeah. So everybody's so the NBA is probably just going to tinker around with stuff and see what works and what see what yeah. doesn't work. Well, and you make you got to make money off the fans, and if there's no fans and you're not selling tickets. That's going to be, you know, do you, are people going to pay? Is it going to be like pay-per-view? Yeah, are people going to pay to watch an NBA team like that? I think I think they only pay if it's a playoff game. Yeah. And, and it's got to be, and it can't be just for one game. It has to be like for the whole, you pay this much to watch the whole series. Yeah. Well, and then you wonder, well, I mean, they can make their money off advertising, so if everybody's watching, they can, you know, if they're putting up Super Bowl watch, you know, numbers, they can charge Super Bowl prices for ads and make money that way, I suppose. And then um, the um, hockey came back. Their league came back. Are they, do they have fans or are they playing with nobody? I don't think they're playing with fans, but they came back. Baseball is in total mess. Yeah, see, that that's a part of it. Uh, you know, I only played high school sports, but, you know, having the fans cheer and stuff like that can give you a boost and you know there's this thing called home field advantage 
I wonder how that affects players, professional players that have been playing since Pee Wee with audiences and cheering and looking in the stand for their mom and, and all this and the band and all that. How you get geared up? How how you get geared up for a game? Game or I think I think we're gonna find out who actually who's got skill, who's actually the best <laughs> player. Because like you know you talk about like um, you caption the imagination with like the dream team and how their practices went. Mm-hmm. And how there was no fans, and still Michael Jordan was the best because he just had more just skill won. than everybody. Yeah. And you get rid of, hey, they say it's more, they play more aggressive because it's just the person in front of them. They don't have any distractions. They yeah. just have that person in front of them and they got to win. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I know we're going to get off topic of stocks, but it's just, you can have endless conversations trying to think of all the different ways the world is already different and how it's going to be different. What does a decade from now look like? And, and uh, you know, I think we've been, as a country, we've been adapting. Yeah, kind of like how people are talking about how um, theaters might go away now. Yeah, and, and, a big, and there's been a rise in drive-in theaters. The drive-in theaters that have been open have been kind of packed out, you know, and uh, churches, drive-in churches, I know some churches that only have have a third more attendance in drive-up church than they did when they had people coming in the building. Yeah. Um, and plus, they've got um, more uh, tons of people watching their Facebook lives are going online and Facebook for the first time and broadcasting their services. And now they're opening up their churches, but they're keeping the online portion that they got used to doing. And so it's just. Um, but what I was get, getting at is, you know, when we come into this, we think it's temporary, so we adapt. But once we get to a point where we, we switch our mindset from temporary to possibly permanent, uh, then we'll stop, we'll, we'll move from adaptation to innovation, and we won't do the old things differently. We'll just start doing brand new things. And I think that is why it's hard to predict the stock market because you can kind of predict a little bit when people are adapting, mm-hmm. but when new ideas are just going to spark and launch, it, you just have no clue. You know, what's going to be the new Amazon that everybody makes fun of for the first few years? Like, this is stupid. And then you find out it's not. Yeah. You know, those things are probably birthed right now. They're not on our radar yet, but they're out there. Um, and our world's going to look... You know, for you're, you're, I'm 48, 49, you're 23, you know, uh, your brother's 21, his son's a couple years old. You know, it's what the world's going to look like, what the stock market's going to look like, the economy, you know, is going to look like over the lifespans of some of us is going to, is going to look, is, is crazy to think about. Yeah, it's going to be a lot different because... Like Amazon, it, you said made twenty percent. Yeah, I don't know exactly twenty percent more. But yeah, this last quarter they had like a twenty percent you know, increase you know in was, sales. You know what it was from? Probably me buying coffee. No, it, it, <laughs> no, it was from everybody buying toilet paper. As soon yeah, as, so buying as, a pallet of toilet paper each. As soon as they found that Walmart on Walmart was empty, <laughs> they went straight to their phones to buy Amazon stuff. Yeah, it was so. Uh, the, the, the pandemic didn't really affect me too much 
until I went to order new coffee filters for my Chemex brewer and they were all out of stock and Amazon did not have a single filter for my coffee. And I was like, okay, now the pandemic's gotten real. <laughs> it's affecting me. Now, now the pandemic is a problem. Now it's a problem. Somebody's got to do something. Um, thankfully, I found a place out of Seattle, a mom and pop shop, and they sent me two boxes. So, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Uh-huh. You know, that there's not too many things I'd empty my Robin Hood account for, but coffee. being out of coffee might be one of them. And, a, you know, a Mach 1 Mustang. Maybe a Mach 1 Mustang with a a nice thermal mug in the cup holder with coffee. You don't need a Mach 1 Mustang. (laughs) You already had a Camaro. You're a trader. I know. I I know. You're a trader. You don't get to enjoy Ford anymore. It was fun, though. So, uh, where do we go from here? I think we're done. I think we're done. Well, this is Two Broken Up Trade. Hopefully create some value, some entertainment. And I want you to go over and check out our Instagram page if you want to follow there and catch some things during the week. Um, We will suck it up and get some more stuff posted and stop being whiny babies about losing money and ghosting everybody. So we'll get get back to work like we should and uh, building that that community. And hopefully next next, uh, week we'll record a podcast where we get to talk about how great things are going and hopefully we'll be able to mention how love has taken over this world instead of hate and uh, maybe where people want to come from other planets here instead of us wanting to get on the dragon rocket and go somewhere else Uh (laughs) hey you never know what a week can do right yeah all right well this is russell the two broke not the trade and this is daniel and we'll catch you next week